What do I want? It's a question that everyone eventually has to ask themselves. The key motivator for every action taken. The cause behind every effect. So, what do I want? I want to go to a sporting event in every major venue. I want to grow within my relationships with my friends and my family. I want the freedom to create without the fear of failure. I want to dream without being hindered by reality. I want to chase new passions, new experiences, and new goals. I want old milk to branch out of the box and try new things. I'm accomplishing some of these goals right now, and I know what I need to do to achieve the rest of them. However, the one thing you should take away from this commercial is, I want you to buy old milk merch. I gotta. I might go hoop later. Oh, for it's real? It's not. It's not even close to as hot out here as it is on the east coast. Oh yeah, you said it was like fifty six. Like yeah, what? Like this yeah, is the one yeah. area. Like San Francisco is the one area that doesn't have a heat wave right now. That's kind of insane. No, it's I, like our our highs are like eighty. So yeah, it's like no, that's summer. That's you know what I mean? It's is there just a breeze? Like, not so much where I am, but I mean you get like up in the mountains and yeah. And if you get down towards the water, like towards, towards the actual city, like mm. golden gate bridge, when it's like, this is just completely like surrounded in fog. It's like a whole, yeah. it's colder in San Francisco than where I am. Like I'm 30 minutes North of San Francisco. You go down in the city and you like lose like 10 degrees. That's that, that sounds beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it, it's it was pretty good. We're going to get relief on Tuesday in the New York city area and the tri-state area as, um, Dr. Dukenschmerz would say, but um, um, it's it was 96 on Friday, 96 yesterday, Saturday, and today it's 94, and then tomorrow it's supposed to be 93, and then it's we get rain, and then it, that clears oh, up. Mother Nature's throwing gas. Oh yeah, no, <laughs> working in the high 90s. Almost, almost like the Blue Jays throwing gas at um Boston Red Sox. I mean, yeah. <laughs> Dude was yelling at he was yelling at Bobby Dahlbeck. Oh, that game, yeah. What you were talking about yesterday when Manoa oh, yeah. was yelling at Bob. You know, it's Bobby Dahlbeck. <laughs> I mean, you gotta you gotta get your you gotta get your. No, I I know, but it's like it's I better was than like, it's better than Lance like, Lynn having feeling like he's pitching the best game ever. Meanwhile, it's like seven to zero on the other side. I know. And, I was just like, yo, you're you're an all star. So you you got Bobby Dahlbeck. Congrats. <laughs> That's crazy. I'm um, speaking on other speaking of other things that have happened on the East Coast. Welcome to the Cat Podcast. This is episode 311. I am Nate Sperling. That is Taylor McLeod. Thank you for listening on Spotify, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Stitcher, and all the other DSPs that you may listen to this podcast or watch this podcast on. Do us a favor, hit the like button and subscribe to the channel. You don't have to do it right now, but at some point in the conversation, you may be um it may call. Um, you may be called to do so. So, well, I guess no. I, mean, I guess I'm calling you to do so now. So do it now. Um, that being said, thank you. Uh, check out the Old Milk Spins playlist on Spotify and YouTube. Check out all the Old Milk content on oldmilk.co. And also check out episode eight of the, of the It's All Opinion podcast on YouTube and all the other DSPs. Today, we are talking about Joey Badass after five years 
2000 is the name of the project. 14 tracks, 53 minutes long, featuring Diddy, Westside Gun, Larry June, Chris Brown, Capella Gray, and J.I.D. Taylor, before we get into this, because I realized I skipped over an important step. How are you doing today? Can't complain. Red Sox gave up like five runs in the first inning, so <laughs> every day is the same at this point. Business as normal, business as usual. Exactly. The, the issue with that play, the grand, the grand slam, walking to, running um inside the park, grand slam is, I get you miss the ball, but watching the ball fall and then just not making a play on it, I don't understand why Cora didn't take him out the game after. Yeah, I haven't looked into it a bunch. I feel like there was a something was missed there because. He's not really a dude. Duran isn't really a dude who would just be like, like, fuck this. Like, I'm not going after the ball. Especially he is like great speed. So I almost think he thought the ball was like gone mm-hmm. or he thought the left fielder was way closer to just getting it. But it, it, it doesn't look good. The way it was like filmed and the way it was shot. Yeah. It, it hits behind him and he just turns around and puts his head down. So it's walking. I was like, it's like, uh, have you ever played um Wii sports? And you know, like when yeah. you hit the ball and then they catch it and then you do that little thing where they hold the ball up and they like, yeah. <laughs> if he didn't have the ball, he was like, nah, it's over there. <laughs> you got it. But you got it. Um, Jackie Bradley Jr. Or whoever. Um, yeah. But back to this Joey badass project, I guess um the first question I have for you, Taylor is, this is Joey saying this. Who are the best MCs? Kenny, Joey, Cole, the Holy Trinity. That's 95 till infinity energy. Is that, do you think that's true? Do you think that the Holy Trinity of rapidy rap is Kenny, Kendrick Lamar, Joey Badass, and um, J. Cole? I, I, I like, sure. I guess I really had never thought of that trio. I mean, the trio that everyone thinks about all the time is Drake, Kendrick, Cole, and it's just because mm-hmm. they came up at the same time. They're huge. I don't hate Joey Badass putting himself in there. I wrote that down, though, that that line. I was like, all right, I mean, we haven't heard from you in five years, so I don't know if you're, like, still – you don't have necessarily the the leeway that, like, a Kendrick does to disappear for five years and then put mm-hmm. something out. But I certainly don't hate the confidence, and it's not like he's a new rapper coming in and saying this. Like, he's been around for a long time. Even only being 27, like he's been putting out music for over a decade. So mm. I have no problem saying that, especially because he came up at the same time with those guys a little after. But like he was right there, like on the same level. If you go back and listen to a song like like ASAP Rocky One Train, mm-hmm. like him and Kendrick are, it's a, it's Joey a valid, and Kendrick are right there. So it's, it's a valid like, um, conversation about who had the best verse. Like Joey's in that conversation too. It's about, I mean, if you want me to tell you who it was, it's actually Bronson. <laughs> I was expecting you to say that. <laughs> Swiftly, I shift the Beamer 860. <laughs> no, I think I think Joey is deserving to put himself there. I don't think mm-hmm. you can really be like, no, man, like you're not one of the best. It's like he's got the track record and he can obviously rap that well. Mm-hmm. So, no, I, I agree. I think that first off, him not putting out an album for five years after All American Badass was is crazy because. I kind of expected him to drop something during 2020. I, I think maybe that's just the fan in me being like, you had all this political shit to say in 2017. And 2020 is basically the um, the mountaintop in terms of the awareness or the activity going on. And he didn't really have anything to drop, I guess. Um, but that's his artistic choice as well. That's, I guess I was just expecting that. But to go away for five years, it's only a select few artists that can 
disappear for five years. He didn't really disappear because he was acting and he was like modeling and doing all this other stuff. Right. Um, but in terms right. of musically, and he also put out that he also put out that tape with um the other Brooklyn artist called um I think I believe it's called Beast Coast is the name of the group. It's like a super group, like twenty or not not to, basically 20 rappers from Brooklyn and it was a really good tape. So I really appreciated that too. But in terms of Joey Badass solo, um, it's been five years and it's very few artists that are able to disappear for five years, come back and maybe put out something better. And it maybe seem like, make it seem like nothing had, like there wasn't the five-year gap in the first place. Yeah, I think that's fair. And I think it helps when, Artists, even though they don't put out music, they're still visible. Mm. So it doesn't feel like like when when Kendrick or a Frank Ocean or someone like that, when they go away, they go away. You don't see them. Mm. They might pop out here, there, see him, whatever. And obviously Kendrick's on tour with Keem now. But I think with Joey Badass, it's like him being so young still, only 27, after a decade in the game, it's like to pet out a record like All-American Badass at, at 22, you got to – you have to live some life in mm. – obviously from 2017 or 2018 until now, like a lot has changed. A lot's gone on. And I think, I think you see it with J Cole. And I wanted to make this point too, where some of their previous projects from a couple of years ago are a little more pointed towards certain things, whether it's political, whether it's commentary on the status of the rap game, social media stuff, you know, how the internet's changing things. I think they've both come back and Joey, especially on this project have come back and really brought everything together where his early stuff was a lot about showing how good of a rapper he was because from the very beginning, it was obvious mm-hmm. the talent and then taking the messages from a more focused, you know, challenging album and then really being able to blend that together. And that only comes from experience that comes from beginning to a point where you're comfortable understanding who you are as a rapper and understanding your thought process and, and all that other stuff. And putting it together as one product that's very listenable, but also is saying something. And that's rare because now I feel like you get a lot of either this is super, super conscious or Mm -hmm. it's not conscious at all. Mm -hmm. And I think Joey on this project did a great job of blending those two things together where really from top to bottom, I don't think there's a bad song on this. No, I I there are probably, if, as we get it more into the music, um, there are probably two skips for me. Um, the first one is brand new 9-11 featuring West Side Gun. I will, the first listen was rough for me because I, West Side Gun, <laughs> West Side Gun kind of comes in off beat and it, it just, he just doesn't recover from that point on, on his verse. I appreciated the ad-libs during the Joey verse. I think I still am in the camp of wanting two Joey verses with um, West Side Gun um, ad libs on it, similar to what ASAP Rocky did on testing with Black Boy JB. I forget the name of the song, but there's a song where Black Boy JB is just doing ad libs on it. Um, additionally, the second song is Welcome Back featuring Chris Brown and Capella Gray. Not because it's a bad song, it's just it wasn't for me. Um, yeah. But those are the only two skips that I really have on it. The one thing I do want to say is I think another thing that this album does for Joey Badass and also Static Selecta, someone who he's um, worked with at least as far as as long as I've been listening to Joey, like his the whole time that I've been listening to Joey, I've been listening to Joey on Static Selecta beats, I feel like. Um, but the one thing that this album does is I think it puts them in the conversation of 
with the Metro and the uh, 21 Savage or the Drake and the 40 of best rapper producer duo because the beats are just elegant. It, it, it feels like something that Ross would put out in terms of yeah. sound, in terms of sonically. And right. Joey having the, also having the elegant raps, having it feel like it's a, it's a show in some little uh, uh, intimate setting, having Diddy on it, having Nas, just not rapping, but just talking and giving him his props. And um, I, I really appreciate the atmosphere that Joey put forth on this. I think atmosphere is a great way a great way to put it he he really with this project he really like built this world that's completely its own and you and i've talked about it countless times that's my favorite thing from projects when they are completely themselves and that's their own world and everything stays inside that world obviously it'll permeate outside but everything is constructed inside this one project and it's not it doesn't feel like it's just a bunch of random songs from different sessions put together it feels like this was an idea that was carried out by Joey Badass and Static Selecta. Him and Joey working together and using those, you know, little snippets of Diddy and Nas. I think it it contextualizes this project in a way that stuff isn't isn't so much contextualized now. Obviously, you still have the intros and outros from important people here and there, but this to me feels like such a throwback in the sense that it's it's understanding what it what it is and where where joey badass sits inside of like hip-hop in general but also new york hip-hop and having having legends talking on it and it's not so much like all right well i don't want to over be overshadowed by these or i don't want these to be the most important parts and, and you know it can get it can get lost but those mean something like like diddy had a couple of those on on meek mills like dreams worth more of the money where he's just talking but it doesn't feel the same with a guy from Philly, the way it does with Joey Badass, you know mm. what I mean? Cause he's from there. And I, I think it's a, it's a huge nod to like the people who set the foundation. And we've always known that Joey is one of the great equalizers between like the super boom bappy, whatever era and now. And I think that using their, their voices and, and their sentiments on a project like this, it just contextualizes it in a way that it really makes sense. And it makes this project feel feel like something it really makes it feel like something mm-hmm. it's, it's very new york i like um i forget what song it is but there's a skit it's not i don't at least i don't recognize the voice on it but um it's a it's a woman and she's talking about i'm from new york y'all killed biggie y'all did all this stuff and, and that skit too is very important because it also adds to the atmosphere of i am joey badass i am a rapper from new york respect me yeah and not to say that people weren't respecting him before it's like in terms of from 2010, from the 2010s, in terms of new rappers that came out in the 2010s from Brooklyn, I think that it's a valid argument to say that Pro- Joey Badass is probably the best lyricist that has come out from Brook- from from New York City since 2010. I could be forgetting some names, um, but just having that and just having the atmosphere of New York with it, especially now with New York kind of going through a phase of not really having a signature sound and people kind of being worried about the city losing its touch in hip hop and its place in hip hop, um, at least in the current landscape. I think that what Joey Badass was able to do with that was um, essentially reestablish New York as a place for uh, lyricists to flourish. And I, 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 that's something that 
is was needed um the same way when you look at chicago you have the little dirks and then on the other side you have the sabas and you have the chance the rappers and you have the Louis fiascos that kind of duality of it now with new york when you're when you're looking at new york and you're looking at it from a um when you're looking at it from holistically you're thinking about cardi b you're thinking about Nicki minaj you're thinking about pop smoke you're thinking about fabio foreign and you're thinking about joey badass code of the friend um so having that not even duality i guess um i don't know if this is a word but the triality of the city coming together is important. And I think that shows why New York is the mecca of hip hop, at least until this, until this Joey Badass um, album gets played out of um, relevance. Yeah, I just, there's a sound to it. And I think building on a, a point I just made, it's, it's combining, combining older Joey's sound where he's really rapping on beats that were, 15 years ahead of you know where he or 15 years before where he was rapping and that was his signature like if there's any signature that joey badass had and if there's one person from the newer generation or the not even newer because he's been around for a long time but mm-hmm. from his generation carrying the mantle of like <laughs> like quote-unquote real hip-hop he is the one and i thought that I thought that like the production on this, especially like you said, with the static selected beats, they're elegant enough where you still get that feeling, that texture that comes from those real classic hip hop instrumentals. But like the musicality is there in the in the there's a little more pace to this stuff now. And I think he did a he just did a great job with all the raps, with all the structure of the songs. And then I was really, really impressed, honestly, by his hooks. I, was, I thought that I was the too. way he was willing to kind of inflect his voice, whether it's electronically or him singing on the hooks was really nice and it it just adds depth to his character i mean with every with every project there's more depth added because he he raps about his life Mm -hmm. like and it's not to get a little tiktok sound and it's not to get a, a a bar that goes viral because it's an instagram caption he's really telling you about his life and i think that his willingness to sing and willingness to just be creative on this not that he's never hasn't been creative before but his it just it just points to a real acceptance of himself as an artist mm-hmm. and also like a mastery of his craft where he's like, yeah, I can do this layered vocal with a little bit higher pitch and really like sing songy hook and then jump right back into verses in it. It, it doesn't miss a beat. And it's not like what what's this guy doing? Like, why, why are we trying? It, like, it just works mm-hmm. So kind of add on to your point. He made Devastated and like Devastated. I can argue yeah. that Devastated is probably his best song. And that's not him being, that's not him being the rapper that we know. That's him being more of a melodic singing right. and um, just making a, something that sounds good versus I got all these bars and which we know, like he has, he has more bars than Dwayne Reed and Walgreens combined, I'm sure. But um, just having that duality within himself right. and putting that together on the album there, it, it I, I don't, this album has, exceeded my expectations to a level that I I mean obviously if it exceeds your expectations you're not expecting it to rise but like it's just a level that wasn't fathomable because we have the five-year break it was supposed to come out last month and then we have to wait an extra month um it, it was supposed it came out it, it didn't come out last month because he had sample clearances Drake dropped um but that being said I don't mind the weight at all. This is this is what happens when you put out good music. Everything is, it's the same thing with um, sports. When they say that winning solves everything, I feel the same way about music 
in terms of good music solves everything. There, there isn't an issue to be had with the way that this project was rolled out, with the way that it sounds. And I think that it's gonna last for a long time. Now, understanding we're in the middle of the year and understanding that we're listening to this with fresh ears versus an album like Vince Staples or Saba, I'll be interested to see how at the end of the year, at least in my head and also in your head too, Taylor, how the three albums that I just named um, stack up with each other. But I definitely think that this is an album that is, there's a lot of albums where it's going to get to a point where we're going to have a Michael Jordan, LeBron James debate where both arguments are valid. And it's just a matter of where do you split the hairs? For sure. And we've been super spoiled this year in terms of just the artists that have dropped, like all of, all of the artists that I've held to a very high standard for the last 10, 12 years have dropped this year. The only one that hasn't is Cole. And that's just because he did last year. Mm -hmm. So like where, where this stacks up and where it, where you split the hairs, it's, it comes down to a lot of it is a matter of personal preference. But when I put up Ramona Park broke my heart versus 2000, I think they're very not similar records in terms of sound, but where the where that artist is in their place and you can actually there's a lot of comparisons to draw between vince and joey Mm -hmm. i think joey and earl is an interesting comparison like all these guys that came up right in the early 2010s when blogs still meant something and mixtapes still meant something like in in seeing their past i think joey and vince are on a much similar they're on a similar trajectory right now where 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 Joe they each had their own very signature style to start off with Vince rapping over a lot of electronic stuff Joey on the boom bap stuff and now they're reaching a point where everything is coming together and you're hearing a more mature perspective not that not that either of them ever weren't because they're both known as being years ahead but I think it's just it's just a it's a sound that comes from artists who have been around for a decade and are really mastering their stuff but are young enough to still be able to like bend you know in, in mold to certain trends but not take that trend mm-hmm. like take the take the best parts take the highs of trends and leave out all the bottom stuff that you don't really want and, and i still think, be you right and i think it's an interesting point about the rollout especially the the drake part because no one will ever compare drake and joey badass but i think this is the album that people wanted from drake not not so much like because they can, want the raps, mm-hmm. they want the introspection, they want the real stuff. And there's a little stretch right in the back half of Joey's project. I can't remember exactly what songs, but there's like a three song stretch that really reminds me of like a nothing, nothing was the same, where mm-hmm. it's an artist who understands their place and they know that they're they're young, but on an upwards trajectory. And they just really take it over and they're like, no, this is my sound now. Like I do this. And I thought that 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 was really interesting it's probably more of a confidence thing mm-hmm. that i was hearing and not so much of a, a sonic thing or anything but i don't know i thought i thought that was that was pretty interesting just in terms of hearing where he's at and on a song like like uh let me see i have it written down i think mm-hmm. it's like yeah survivor's guilt i couldn't remember if it was survivor's remorse or survivor's guilt where he he goes back to 2012 mm-hmm. when capital steez you know like sadly passed and gets into that in a way that he probably wouldn't have been able to do at 22. Because mm-hmm. even though it had been, you know, five, six years at 22, 22, I mean, me and you are in the middle of this right now, 22 and 27 are not remotely the same. Yeah. Like the way you grow and develop during that time. And that's not being famous. I mean, being famous, 
having the the funds, having the resources for stuff, the development has to be, you know, so immense during that time. So to hear him look back at the era that really like birthed all this from a perspective of being more established and understanding the the sound more and understanding the the musicality more. I just thought, I just think it's a really good project. I mean, Mm -hmm. I, I keep like running around in circles with all these ways to just say, this is like a really good album, but from, from top to bottom, I, I loved it the whole way. And that song getting into the capital C stuff and the pro era stuff, it, it calls back to a time when every rapper had their little, had their group mm-hmm. may not have been like a rap group, but every rapper coming out in that early two thousands had their thing. Where it was odd future pro era, black hippie, like most dope, like that internet era stuff. And to hear him reflect on that is really cool for someone who came up being a few years younger than all those rappers. But like, that's really what got me into this. So to hear him reflect, I mean, obviously that's it's heavy subject matter, but mm-hmm. just to hear him look back and, and look at that time with this similar nostalgia and like, understanding the care that went in back then and maybe isn't there now i thought i thought that was another huge contribution too mm-hmm. two things about that song the first one going back to the nostalgia um having absol on the outro talking about capital like first time first time meeting capital steves and joey badass and um the pro era artists adds to the nostalgia that comes forth on that song additionally i think I say this all the time. I think the one thing about music or art in general, the purpose of it is to make you feel something. And on Survivor's Guilt, you really feel Joey Badass's sadness about like reminiscing or talking about the things that have happened or the reason why um, Capital Steve's ultimately passed. Um, Just being able to feel that emotion through the song is another mark of a great artist to me um just adding that in there as well um but that being said as we wrap it up what are your favorite songs on 2000 so i think for me this is definitely going to be a project that i play as a whole most Mm. of the time and i won't i probably won't be really shuffling it or or picking individual tracks outside of i think your hate for the gun versus made me love it like that might be the only song that I really like go back to over and over again. But my Take four this, favorites mate. that I yeah, exactly. <laughs> my four favorites that I wrote down were uh where I belong, one of us, head high and survivors go. Mm-hmm. I think zip codes is probably the best song on this album. Yeah, I, I really like that from, one. Too. From from the moment that I heard it as a single, I enjoyed it and I was like locked into okay, Joey Badass, this album is coming out. Um so addition, in addition to zip codes, I like the baddest, um, make me feel where I belong and written in stars. I think that the way that Joey opens with the baddest and closes with written in the stars is there's that's that that's Teflon. You there's no bad thing to say about that. And just the way that because opening and closing is just something that's so important in the flow of an album especially with the track listing being as solid as it is too. Um, just more props to Joey. This is this this was worth the five-year wait. Um, album of the Year contender. Great album. I'm going to listen to it for probably the next month and possibly more. So yeah. I'm, ex- I'm excited for that and being able to unpack more things as we continue to listen. For sure. I, I also like that it's just a 14-track album. Yeah. Like that's so... It's just like in and out. It's not super quick where it's, you know, not not worth 
breaking down like this and it's but it's not long enough for you're like all right five of these songs are for streams mm-hmm. one's for tiktok and then the other 14 make up the album it's very much now all 14 have a purpose mm-hmm. that, that that's the whole thing we talked about it with the ben staples album intention intentionality that, yeah that's that's the name that's the word of the year i guess intentionality um that is Taylor McLeod. I am Nate Sperl. This has been the Cap Episode 311. Thank you for watching at some point during our discourse. Um, wow, discourse. Sound like a fucking professor anyway. Um, <laughs> at some point during our discourse, you may have felt compelled to hit the like button and subscribe to the channel. And for that, we thank you. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Old Milk Media. Check out the Old Milk Spins playlist on Spotify and YouTube. And check out the Old Milk content on oldmilk.co. We actually can tell you what the next um, episode will be we'll be talking about Flo Millie's you still here ho um so check that out um that being said thank you for watching or listening um yeah we're out